Praise the Lord. I notice that when I get up fast enough, my knees don't pop as much. If I can keep going fast, that would be good. Amen. I'm excited about what God has in store for us tonight. Amen. God always has something great for us every time we gather together. Amen. It's not dependent on who's up here. It's dependent on who is here. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful he's here. I'm so thankful all of you are here, gathered together with one purpose and with one mind and with one accord to enter into his presence and to receive of him, to thank him and to worship him and to praise him because of his excellent greatness. Amen. Let's all stand. And let's call out on that wonderful name, the name of Jesus Christ. He's here, folks, and he desires to do wondrously and gloriously in our midst. Praise God. Let's call out on him in faith believing. Jesus, we worship you. Lord Jesus, you are a wondrous God, a glorious God. We heap glory and honor under the Most High tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for another opportunity to enter into your presence. Thank you, Jesus, for your so great faithfulness to us. Thank you, Jesus, for your long-suffering patience to us, Word. That at times when we are not faithful, at times when we are faithless, you are altogether faithful to us. You still love us with a love we'll never understand or comprehend. You still desire to do great and glorious things through us. Hallelujah, Jesus. I am so thankful, Lord Jesus, for your patience to us, Word. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name tonight, as you move, as you speak, as you minister to the needs represented here tonight, those joining online, that you would work miraculously and wondrously and gloriously here, that all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your will would be manifest in this economy tonight, in our presence tonight, in our lives tonight. I pray, Lord Jesus, that as the word of truth goes forth, that revelation would go forth, that understanding would be present here, that faith would be released into this assembly to accept the word of truth, to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Hallelujah, Jesus. We are so thankful for you. We are so thankful for the word of God. We are so thankful for what you've done in our lives and for all that you have in store for us tonight. Lord Jesus, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We worship you. We praise you. We laud and we magnify you. Thank you, Lord, for your great faithfulness to us today. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for breath in our lungs, for waking us up this morning, for blessing us with this beautiful day. Hallelujah, Jesus, we worship you tonight. We are so thankful for all of your goodness, for every blessing that you pour out so freely upon us. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And all these things we pray in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. <coughs> praise God, praise God, praise God. He is wonderful. He is glorious. And he is ever worthy to receive our worship and our praise. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You can be seated tonight. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, tonight our scripture text is going to be found in the book of Isaiah, chapter 43. Isaiah, chapter 43, we'll read verses 18 and 19. Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. God speaks through the prophet these words. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, 
I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Amen. I'd like to talk on this topic. Out with the old, in with the new. Out with the old, in with the new. Amen. As I get older, I hate to admit the fact that I am getting older, but as evidenced to myself just a few minutes ago with the snap, crackle, pop, I'm getting older. That never happened before, 20 years ago. But as I get older, more and more I find myself drifting back, remembering things that happened in my past, the glory days, if you will, when I didn't have popping knees, when I could get by with two and three hours of sleep a night for a week at a time and be just fine. It seems crazy, but I used to live like that. The things we used to do, me and my buddies, the things we experienced, even going back to when I first got into church, the things I experienced in God, the things that God did in me and through me, the things He spoke to me, opening the Word of God and everything being brand new, so fresh and exciting. Services that I've attended, miracles I've seen, I remember those things. And I long to see more of them. The God that we serve, He's a God of new beginnings. He delights to do new things. And why not? He's infinitely powerful. He knows all things. Why, why not? Why not just keep doing new things all the time? Because He can. And He delights to do so. Amen. We see this all over His creation, don't we? We see that every 24 hours we get a brand new day. It's not a continuation of yesterday. It's a new day. A brand new day. A new start. A fresh beginning. The first day of the rest of our lives. Amen. A new year every 364 and a quarter days. New seasons. Supposedly every few months or so. Not here. <laughs> he designed our bodies to be continually renewed. I've heard this statistic. I don't know the, the facts of every specific body part, but I've heard that every seven years you have a brand new body. Everything is completely replaced. So if you've known someone for eight years, that's an entirely different person. It's kind of weird. They look the same. If you ask them, they probably feel about the same. But they've been completely replaced. You've been completely replaced. Your cells die off and new ones grow. The DNA replicates. The blood is replaced. The bone tissues, it's all replaced. It's amazing. God designed it that way. Praise God. Everything in God's creation is designed that way. Things are born, they grow old, they die. In institutions, you got a CEO of a company. He's not the CEO forever. Where's Henry Ford today? 
He's not CEO of Ford Motor Company anymore. He hasn't been for a few months, as far as I know. Someone else replaced him. That's what happens. We read in the life of Moses. If you look at, look at Joshua 1, God did wonderful things through Moses, great and mighty things, used him powerfully. But then in Joshua 1, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you go. Now I'm going to work through you. I'm going to be with you as I was with Moses. That's how it works, folks. That's how it's always worked. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Aren't you glad today that God's mercies are made new every morning? Praise God. Isaiah 42 and 9, Behold, the former things are come to pass. And new things do I declare before they spring forth, I tell you of them. God is the only unchangeable part of his creation. He is the Lord. He changes not. But everything else does. And I know most of us are not very comfortable with change. Most of us would rather just stay in our comfort zone, Brother DeMuth. We have a comfort. We all do. I know I do. And I'm very happy to stay there. It's comfortable. I know it. I know it. I know what's going on. I know where everything is. If something happens, I know what to do about it. But you throw me into something brand new, I don't know what's going on. That's why I'm so impressed with uh, people like Daniel. They just get ripped out of their culture and thrown into a new culture. And then they have to survive and thrive in that. Talk about being out of your comfort zone. If I woke up tomorrow in Spain or Russia, that would be very disconcerting to me. I don't know the language. I don't know the culture. I don't even know what side of the street they drive on in Russia. I'd figure it out, one way or the other. <laughs> I keep getting hit. I'll move to the other side. But everything changes in God's creation. In our lives, things change. They will continue to change. Making new things is one of the last things God's going to do. Revelation 21 and 5 says this, He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Right, for these words are true and faithful. It's going to come to pass, folks. He will make everything brand new. A new heaven and a new earth. Oh, Isaiah 65, 17. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. And the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. We won't even remember the old. Because of the glory and the splendor of the new. And that's what I want to talk to us about tonight, folks. All of those things. I, the, the, the remembering that we do as we get older. 
Like I said, I do more and more of that, it seems. All of that stuff that I, I, I love to think about and remember and, and reminisce about. God wants to do something so spectacular in our lives that all of that's forgotten. We don't even remember that stuff because of the new. And God can certainly do that. And He wants to do that. Because we're created in His image, we have a liking for new things too. Most of us like the shiny and the new. I think every one of us, there would be at least one thing that if we asked you, I'd prefer that brand new, please. I'd prefer a new one of those. For some, it's a car, a house, a boat, a tool, uh, whatever it might be, a body. (laughs) Yeah. We like the shiny and the new. We live in a culture, in fact, that creates things with planned obsolescence. We live in a culture that banks on that fact, that people like brand new things. So they make things to wear out quick so that you have to get something new. We seek new experiences and new sensations. We like to vacation in new spots, interesting places. When I was young, me and my brother, my parents bought us an Atari 2600. This was the first home video game that you could buy. That's the first one that came out. We would go to the arcade. We'd play video games at the arcade. Asteroids, Pac-Man, those were big ones uh, at the time. And uh, we loved it. But, man, now we can do it at home. And it costs nothing. I could just hit the reset button and play again. I don't need a quarter. That one thing right there was the coolest thing to me. I could, I could just do this all day long. They wouldn't let me do it all day long, but, but theoretically, I, could, I didn't need any money. And we loved that Atari. Oh, it was so fun. The, the two-bit graphics, I mean, they were just blocky, horrible, just horrible. Do a YouTube video on an Atari 2600. Pull up anything. You'll see how awful those graphics are. But we loved it until I got my ColecoVision. My brand new ColecoVision. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's another video game console. It's kind of kind of a, the, the predecessor of the Nintendo, if you will. Quite a bit predecessor, but <clears throat> it, was, it was before the Nintendo. But the graphics were way better. Way better. Still pretty bad, but way better than they were. And... The Atari that I loved so much was forgotten. I didn't remember Atari what? No, 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 no. ColecoVision. That's the new hotness. That's what we want now. The brand new, the exciting. I completely forgot about the Atari. We didn't do anything with the Atari. We packed it away. I think my dad packed it away because it wasn't being used anymore. And I don't know what happened to it after that. I had a ColecoVision. I wish we still had it. 
probably sell it for a lot of money. <coughs> but we like the new. Interestingly, though, whenever God begins to do, do new things in our lives, that we resist, that we don't like, that we fight. This is one instance we'd rather stick to the old and the familiar, the old rusty-dusty. The old, the familiar, the used. I know it. I'm comfortable here. So why do we, why do we, why can't I talk? Why do we resist? There it is. I need a new tongue. Why do we resist? One, it's unfamiliar. It's unfamiliar. We, we don't know it. We don't, we've never experienced it. We don't know if it's good or bad. We don't know what's coming around the corner. Here, in my comfort zone, I know what's going on. I know it's coming around the corner. Because it's coming around the corner a million times. I can tell you when it's coming around the corner. What it is. What it's going to do. I'm familiar with this. But when God brings us into new areas, He wants to bring us out into deeper water. It's unfamiliar. We've never been there before. When COVID hit, completely unfamiliar territory. No one knew what to do. We've never been here before. But God is never surprised. God is never uncomfortable. It's never unfamiliar to God. So, of course, when God is seeking to bring us into new experiences and new areas and and, uh, new realms, new dimensions uh, with Him. We don't have to worry about the unfamiliar. God is familiar with it. We'll follow after Him. It's certainly uncomfortable. Change is always uncomfortable. We have to stretch and we have to grow. We need new tools to meet new challenges. In these new realms, these deeper waters, these greater responsibilities, it's uncomfortable. And it's quite possibly, almost certainly, out of our control. We like to have control, or at least the the feeling and the facade, the illusion of control. We like to think that our decisions matter. That my choices matter. That when I put my mind to something, I can go go after it and get it. I can control my environment. Well, that's not always possible, is it? There are certainly things in our lives that are completely outside of our control. Those are the things we ought not stress about. But those are exactly the things we do stress about. Because they're out of our control. We can't do anything about it. Can you, by taking thought, add one cubit to your stature? Can you, by worrying, fix anything in your lives? We all know that. But most of us still do it. Daniel spoke of a little bit ago, torn from his nation and his culture and thrust into an unfamiliar, even hostile situation. 
Joseph, sold into slavery and subjugated for many years in a foreign land. Paul had great plans for his life. He had a bright future. And they were all dashed on his road to Damascus. Talk about doing something new. Taking someone in a different direction. Paul knows what that's about. So what if we go along with God's plan? What if we decide, okay, this is uncomfortable, it's unfamiliar, but if this is what you want, this is what we'll do. Well, in Daniel's case, he was made the number two guy in Babylon and witnessed powerfully of his God to the entire realm. He had the king making a proclamation to the entire realm about Daniel's God. Joseph, he was made number two guy in Egypt, and he was given an immense amount of power and authority. Only in the throne will I be greater than you, Pharaoh said. Paul. Paul went along with God's plan, and he was used mightily of God, both in signs and in wonders, church planning. He was used to write most of the New Testament. I don't think Paul could have done any better than that. I think that's pretty cool. If we are to embrace the new thing, though, we must first let go of the old. Hebrews 8.13 said, In that he saith a new covenant, he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. Speaking of the Old and the New Testament. He made this new as well. The Old Covenant, He made brand new. A new covenant He established with us. The New Testament. Matthew 5.17, He speaks about that. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. To close it out. To start fresh. To make the new. Ephesians 4, 22 and 24 through 24. That ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. In the spiritual as well as the physical, he makes things new. He makes each and every one of us new. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Again, the glory of the new makes us forget the old. It's so much greater than the old. And that's a concept we've got to understand tonight. When God is bringing us into new realms, new areas, and I believe with all my heart He's desiring to do that with each and every person here. He wants to bring us into greater realms, higher areas, deeper waters with Him. He's always wanting to do that. Now we can make a choice. Nah, I'm good right here. Thank you. And a lot of people do. God will continue to try. But if that's if you've made up your mind, you're going to stay right here. Well, He's not going to drag you along kicking and screaming. He's going to let you stay right there. But there are others that do want to move forward. There are others that do want to grow. 
that do want to experience everything that God has for us. Folks, because He can continually make all things new, He can continually make new things upon new things upon new things, He can, make, he can bring us deeper and deeper and deeper, as deep as we want to go. He's infinitely deep. If you want more of God, all you've got to do is ask. <coughs> all you've got to do is tell Him, I want more of you. He delights to hear that. He wants us to have more of Him. He wants us to have greater revelation and understanding. He wants us to, to, to grab more responsibility so that He can do more things through us. So that we can have greater authority in the Spirit. We can have as much of that as we want. As much of God as we want. He's infinite. We will never exhaust that. But we've got to want it. We've got to want it. And after we say we want it, we've got to let those old things go. Those things that He's done through us in the past. Those things that we experienced in Him. Now, I'm not saying just forget about it. Not at all. There's also such a thing as uh, memorials that we have in our lives. What meaneth these stones? Well, this is where the Lord brought us through on dry land. This is a remembrance of what God did for us. Don't forsake those. But what I'm saying is we can't live there. We can't live in the past. We can't live in those glory days that we all have. I know I do. We all have them. But we can't live there anymore. They're gone. That was yesterday. God's wanting to do something new, something even greater than that. But He can't do that if we're stuck back here. He can't move us forward if I'm holding on to the past. He won't do that. He's going to let me stay back here until I let go. Then I can start to move forward. So, if I want the new things of God, I've got to let go of the old. It's absolutely vital that we embrace the new things God is doing. To let go of the past, this means the opportunities of the past, the failures, the hurts, the disappointments, everything. Remember what God did. Worship Him. Praise Him. Thank Him for what He did. But move forward into the future. Don't live there, folks. He's not a God of the past. He's the God of the present. Let go of those things and prepare for the new things ahead. If we say yes to God and we start moving forward in Him, we must prepare for a time of preparation and testing. And this is part of that discomfort that we were talking about. Once we've decided to trust God and step into something new, we need to get ready for new challenges. But preacher, I've already been through tests. I've already been through challenges. I'm kind of tired. Can't we just sit this one out? Well, sure you can. You can sit everything out that you want to sit out. But again... 
if I sit these things out, I stay here. It's always, it's always a choice, folks. It's always a choice. It's not going to be easy moving forward in God. Because moving forward in God means new challenges, new battles. But it also means new victories. New areas to overcome, to conquer. We've, been, we've all been through periods of preparation and testing for the old challenges. When God moved us from where we were to where we are today. We met those challenges or are meeting those challenges. But God has new challenges for us to face. New realms, new dimensions He wants us to experience in Him. He's inexhaustible. We haven't even scratched the surface of what God has for us. What we can experience in Him. I'm not even talking about signs and wonders and miracles and and, and words of, of, of prophecy or, or whatever the Lord would speak through you. I'm not talking about any of that even. I'm just talking about experiencing God. Experiencing Him. I think it's probably safe to say that most, if not all of us, have had some very powerful experiences in God. I have. I can recall a, a few just off the top of my head. Really powerful experiences. But those will pale in comparison to things that God wants me to experience in Him. So much greater that I would even forget those things because of how awesome these present things are. Those are the kinds of areas God wants to bring us in as individuals, as families, as a church body. He wants to move us forward, folks. Amen. I am so thankful for what God what God did for us in the past brought us here to the present. I am thankful for that. But it's done now. It's gone. It needs to be replaced with something new. That's the process that God has for His entire creation. Out with the old and in with the new. When I was moving, when I uh, started doing sheetrock, I started hanging. And that was, it was simple. It wasn't easy, but it was simple. I mean, it wasn't a lot of rocket science, rocket surgery. Uh, cut the drywall to length, you screw it onto the wall. I mean, a little bit more than that, but I mean, that's, that's a good simplification. Yeah, yeah, the ceiling. Got to start with that. <clears throat> Build muscle. Get strong. Good for a young man. But uh, when I moved to taping, a few things translated, but for the most part, I had to learn an entirely new skill set. I needed an entirely different new set of tools. I couldn't use the handsaw and the screw gun to tape it. It didn't work. I needed an entirely new set of tools, an entirely new learning process. I had to move forward into the new. I didn't forget those things. A few things translated. Oh, this is why 
the tapers were getting mad at us. We weren't doing that. Or we did that and we shouldn't have. Now I figured it out. But for the most part, it was a, it was brand new. It was entirely new. new. New set of challenges, new set of skills to meet those challenges. Amen. God's training ground for us is the wilderness. The wilderness. Moses, when he fled the face of Pharaoh, where did he go? Backside of the desert, the wilderness. Forty years. Tending sheep in the cold and in the heat. Amen. Mm, good training. David, he was anointed king. Got to spend a little time in the palace. And then he was off to the training grounds. On the run, living in caves and dens of the earth. The children of Israel coming out of Egypt. They left their nice homes, their big, spacious, comfy homes, and their leeks and their onions and their garlic, their friendly neighbors, left it all, and went into the wilderness. Now, in the case of the children of Israel, we have before us what people like to call a negative example, an example of what not to do. They did not patiently endure the hardships of testing, did they? Instead, they grumbled and they complained the entire time. They didn't stop. Well, I suppose technically they did. When God did a great big miracle, they'd worship for an hour or two. And then they'd get hungry and start complaining again. And that's not much of an exaggeration. In their hearts, they kept returning back to Egypt. Anytime something went wrong, anytime they encountered a little bit of a difficulty, a little bit of a challenge, their response was, Why did you take us out here, Moses? There are not enough graves in Egypt to kill us out here. Let's go back to Egypt. Let's go back to Egypt. In their hearts, they'd never left Egypt. In their hearts, they were always there. They never left. They never lost that slave mentality. They were never freed. Not up here. Not in here. They kept returning to the old. And they were unwilling to go into the new. They, <laughs> they couldn't let go of the old. They could not embrace the new. They wouldn't trust God to enter the promised land, and because of that, their promise turned into a curse. I've tried to sit and put myself in the shoes of, of just an average Joe Israelite during that time and try to think, what did I lose by not being able to enter into the promised land? How big a deal was that? Folks, this was a promise that was passed down from father to son for 430 years. 430 years to the days when they left Egypt. Into their promise. 
And when they finally get there, they're finally on the cusp of entering the promised land. We can't do this. We're going to stone you guys, and we're going to go back to Egypt. Their promise turned into a curse. That new area, that new realm that God was trying to lead them in ended up being a curse on them. Now you're going to wander in the wilderness until you drop dead. That's where you're going to die. And from this negative example, folks, I want to encourage us in the positive When God desires to do a new thing in our lives, when God desires to do a new thing in the midst of this congregation, we've got to jump on it. We've got to move forward in it. Because that's the promise of God. That new thing, that new realm, that new area that He's leading us into, that's the promise of God. That's His design for us. That's how we're supposed to live. got to lose our slave mentality folks we got to lose this idea that this is all i'm worthy of this is all god's ever going to do for me this is as far as i go in god no a thousand times no that's the enemy god is designed god's desire is to keep moving us forward to keep doing greater and greater and greater things in our lives period i don't care who you are I don't care what your background is, and God doesn't either. All He cares is that this child is making himself, herself available to me. This child has a desire to move forward in me. And He pounces on that. He jumps on that. And He moves us forward in Him. As far as we're willing to go. As far as you're willing to go, folks. I can't stress that enough. There is no cap on this. In our jobs, you know, we, we keep getting raises, and, and then at some point, our jobs are only worth so much. And it caps out. Now all we get is uh, cost of living increase. The job's capped out. Nothing caps out in the kingdom of God. Everything is infinite with Him. Nothing caps out. We go as far as we desire to go. And no farther. No farther than we want to. No farther than we have a desire to. But if we have desire, we can go all the way. But we've got to let go of the old so that we can embrace the new. And we've got to get ready for tests and preparation to meet the new challenges ahead. Why did they have to go through the wilderness? Because when they entered into the promise, when God brought them into the new, they had to fight for it. They had to be prepared to do battle. They were slaves. They had no understanding of of warfare. They'd never been in a fight. They'd been beat up, but they've never fought. Got to train them to fight. So God trained them to fight. So that when they answered into the promise, they'd be ready. They'd be ready to possess it, to conquer it, to take it in accordance with the will and plan of God. Oh, I'm so excited about what God has in store for us. 
The context of our scripture verse. God's relationship with Israel, continued disobedience and rebellion with sporadic bursts of short-lived faithfulness. That was God's relationship with Israel from the time they took one step out of Egypt until this verse in, in Isaiah. That was God's relationship with Israel. Rebellion, disobedience, stiff-necked, with little, little areas of, of faithfulness and obedience. God's love for them, pleading with them to put their faith in the one God who could help instead of those gods that other people around them worshipped that couldn't help them at all. I think it's kind of amusing that at one point God told them, go cry to the gods that you love. See if they'll save you. He was so fed up. He was so frustrated with Israel. Continually backsliding. Continually going back to these false gods. When things were going good. Things were going bad. Please forgive us. Please save us. Please help us. And God would. He's merciful. He's long-suffering. But not infinitely so. Not infinitely so. People today do this all the time. Things are going great. I don't need God. When everything falls off the rails, oh God, why me? Why now? They would only turn to God after their rebellious ways didn't pan out like they'd hoped. Things are going great. Oh, I got this from here. I can take it from here. And then it'd, it'd completely blow up in their face like it does. And they come crying back to God. God, fix my mess. And he does. I got it from here, God. Thank you. Blows up. God fixed my mess. And after enough of that, God got frustrated. And I think any one of us would have been frustrated a long time ago. But God is long-suffering and He's patient. In verses 16 through 17 of Isaiah... Our scripture text, God speaks about his overthrow of the armies of Egypt in the, Red, in the Red Sea. God was the one that defeated their enemy once and for all. It was God that did that. The nation of Israel had nothing to do with it. Moses, he had nothing to do with it. Except he was obedient. He did what he was told. And I kind of like that. Because I can do that. I can do what I'm told. God tells me to do something. Okay, now I know what to do. He also brought up uh, making a way in the wilderness to remind them that while they spent 40 years in the wilderness, God was the one who brought them out when they stopped trying to do things their own way. But again, folks, this was all God. The people had nothing to do with it. In fact, God did it despite the people, despite their faithlessness. They were entrapped by the Red Sea. What was their reaction? 
We're dead. God, you're a horrible general. They, they didn't say that in the scripture, but they were probably imagining it. Why would you put us here? There's nowhere to run. And God saved him miraculously. Because that's what God does. He's infinitely powerful. When we're stuck in a hopeless situation, folks, you can't do anything better than to turn to God. I can't do anything with this, God. There is nothing that I can do here. God will say, well, I can. I can do everything here. I can do anything you need here. And he will. And he does. God was encouraging Israel to forget the old things of when they complained while on the journey and wanted Moses to take them back to Egypt, back to slavery, back to what they were comfortable with, what they knew. Forget about that. Forget about Egypt. It's gone. You're out of Egypt. Forget about being a slave. The new thing was the promised land where God was leading them to. He made a way in the wilderness to the promised land. When God gives you a promise, folks, just by show of hands, you don't have to tell me what the promise was. How many has God spoken to you a specific promise, a a word of scripture, or, or he said something to you? How many people has God done that with? Most of us. Yeah, absolutely. See, that's what God does. But see, here's what we do. We get excited about it, and we should. We ought to get excited about it. This, God spoke this to me. This is mine. And then we live life, and things happen, and we forget about it. Or when we remember it, we're like, well, there's no way this is going to happen now. How could this possibly happen? And we start doubting it. And we start thinking about all the the reasons this can't happen. How do we forget God? How do we forget His omnipotence and His his omniscience? How do we forget that? The one that promised it. I've done this too. In fact, God gave me a promise when we were in Eau Claire. And it worked yesterday, two days ago. It just popped into my mind. I haven't thought about it since. I completely forgot about it. And I was like, oh, my word. That's right. I remember that. (coughs) I remember exactly where I was sitting when God spoke that to me. For whatever reason, I wasn't writing things down at the time, so of course I forgot about it. But... Word for word, it just popped right back into my mind. I was so awesome. But I was like, how did I forget that? How did I lose track of that? It was a powerful promise. I'll tell you how I lost track of it. I stopped believing it. That's how I lost track of it. Because if I'd have believed it, folks, it'd have been fresh in my mind every day. I'd have been thinking about that on a regular basis. There's no way that could happen. How could it happen? But 
I believe it now. But God refreshed it. I mean, there was no there was no reason that should have popped into my mind. But just out of the blue, he spoke it to me again. I'm going to hold on to it this time. And I'm trusting God for it. I'll let you know when it happens. Amen. You let me know when yours happens. Because <laughs> that would be awesome. For us today, folks, God will do new things in our lives individually and collectively. Something that will not be expected. Something that will seem impossible for any human to accomplish, because it will be. Something God alone will be responsible for bringing to pass. God will bring blessing and a new path ahead for his people where the world, and maybe even you, said there is no way forward. We get stuck and trapped by the Red Sea. There's nothing. There's, there's no way out. There's no possible rescue here except for God. God can do a new thing in that situation. Something not seen heretofore. Something that he's, he's, as far as we know, has never done in anyone's life. But he's doing it in your life. Because that's the God we serve. And he loves you that much. He loves you that much. God cautions Israel to not remember the old things. Forget Egypt. Leave it behind you. Walk away from it. It's the old. It's in the past. And again, remember what God did. Remember those things. Remember the miracles, what he spoke to you. Remember all of that. Worship him for it. But don't live there. Don't live there. He's wanting to do new things today. Those things that he did, he wants to continue to do stuff like that, but only greater. Only more. So let's let go of those things. And let's let him do more. Let's let him do greater. Remember the promise of God. Walk toward the promise. It's your future. It's your hope. It's the new things of God. The new things that he has planned for each and every one of us. Walk toward that. Remember those things. But move forward. Don't be bound by those things. Don't be entrapped by those things. This is, this is all I have. This is all I have. Those, those things that God did for me in the past. I know people like that. I have a few friends like that that I got into church with. All they can talk about whenever I do get together with them. And you know. Oh, do you remember what, when we first got into church? Do you remember this service and that preacher and and that prayer meeting, and I remember all of them, and they were awesome. But I, I want to know what's God doing today. What? Right, you can't live there. We did live there, and it was wonderful. It really was. But it's in the past. It's gone. I can't go back there. God doesn't want me to go back there. He has greater things here for me. At least he wants to. He wants to. And it doesn't matter who you are, and it doesn't matter what you've done. If you need to repent, repent. Get right with God. And I mean that. Get right with God if you're not. But once you're right with God, once you're living for him and serving him, expect greater and greater things in him. He wants to move you forward. He wants to move you deeper. But we've got to let go of those things. 
as good as they were, as wonderful as they were, they were. What's God doing today? What is God speaking to you today? Where is God moving us today? That's the answer we need. And when we find that, we need to go all in. We need to move forward in that. The promise of God is wonderful. The promise of God is exactly what we need in our lives right now. As old as we are, as young as we are, as rich or poor as we are, as healthy or as not healthy as we are, that promise is exactly what we need now, today. And we need to claim it. We need to stand on it. We need to move forward in it, period. Whoever we are, when the promise is given to you, own it. Own it. Believe it. And when it gets dark and the challenges start coming and and the the tests and, and, and the preparation starts piling up, don't forget it and don't lose faith in it. Brother Tim Olson, as far as I know, this is, this is his quote. Don't forget in the darkness what God told you in the light. So powerful. Because that's exactly where we start to doubt. That's exactly where we start to forget. Is when it gets dark. When we get separated. When we're alone. When we're tired. That's when the enemy comes and tries to steal that away from us and push us back to where we were. Don't let him do that. Don't let him steal what God gave you, that promise, that hope in him. Don't let him take it. Claim it. Guard it. Be very jealous of it. Possess it. Own it. Fight for it. And move forward in it. That's the plan of God for us today. Whatever he had for us yesterday, that's, do- that's done. Praise God. He used you. He used me. How he used us. Thank God for that. But he wants to use us more now, more today. He wants to reveal himself to this world in a greater way through you today. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 says, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Amen and amen. We can't possibly imagine the things God has in store for us. But, I'm going to try. I'm going to try to imagine it. And as great as my imagination is, it's far greater. It's far greater. We've got to continue to trust in God for His purposes to come to pass in us. We must patiently endure God's time of preparation and testing. We've all been through preparation and testing before. But again, that was to meet the old challenges. To meet these new challenges. We'll need more preparation. More testing. Thank you, Jesus. But when we are prepared... And when we are tested, and we come through as pure gold, we're ready to enter into that new promise. Don't ever discount God or His ability and His desire to do for you things so wonderful and so miraculous. All you can sit, all you can do, is sit and wonder at the power and majesty of God. All you can do is just sit there dumbfounded, with your jaw hanging open. Wow. 
That is awesome. Isaiah 61 and 3 says, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for asses, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Talk about out with the old and in with the new. I had asses. God took my asses and gave me beauty. I had mourning. He gave me the oil of joy. I had a spirit of heaviness. He gave me the garment of praise. The new for the old. Thank God. God can do anything, literally anything. With faith believing, let God loosen your life and in your situations and see what he'll do. He will do a new thing in you if you'll receive it. Amen. Let's all stand. Now let's pray for just a minute that the Lord would speak with us. We've got a couple minutes left. That he would speak with us that new thing that he desires to do in you. If he hasn't spoken it already, that he'd speak it now. Amen. Lord Jesus, we are so thankful for you. We are so thankful, Lord, that it is your desire to make all things new. Your creation demonstrates that to us continually. You are the only unchangeable, immutable thing of your creation. Everything else is in constant flux, constant change. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to move us forward as individuals, that you would continue to move us forward as families, and as a church body, continue to move us forward in your perfect plan and in your perfect will. Help us, Lord Jesus, to achieve higher heights in you, greater depths in you. Help us, Lord Jesus, to move forward. I want to see greater things transpire in each of our lives. I want to see you do more and more wondrously in our midst. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for what you've done for us in the past. I'm so thankful how mightily you used the men and women present here today. But Lord Jesus, you want to do a new thing today. You want to do something in our lives today, and I want to see that. I want to experience that. I want to hear the testimonies of what God did for them. I want to hear the testimonies of what the Lord is doing in their lives. Hallelujah, Jesus. Do powerfully, do wondrously, do miraculously according to your perfect will. Lord Jesus, when the tests and trials come in time of preparation for those challenges ahead, I pray that you'd undergird each with strength that you'd encourage us in the Lord our God to move forward. When the times get dark, that we would be encouraged in the Lord our God, that we would find comfort one in another. Hallelujah, Jesus. Our partners in ministry, our brothers and sisters in ministry, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you desire to do in our midst, all that you will do in our midst, if we'll say yes to you. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. We give you honor, we worship you, and we praise you. I pray, God, a blessing upon this congregation in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you would go with each person, uh, that you would bring us back to your place, your house, at the day appointed. Lord Jesus, these things we ask in your precious name. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray.